Just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you that we have this awesome privilege of being in your presence this morning. Lord, we thank you um, that we don't have to look no further, but you are here and you are in the midst of us. So Lord, we ask as we come, as we continue to worship you in your word, that you would open up our hearts to hear. Lord, we want to hear so that we can be changed as a result of being in your presence. So Holy Spirit, work in us this morning, we pray, so that we can be more like you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, the baptism of the Lord, and Matthew's continuing as we get to verse 4 from that time where, where it takes place, and he baptizes Jesus. Last, year we, uh, last Sunday, we had the Feast of the Lord, the Giver of Life, and then we pick up again here in Matthew chapter 4, and what we do is we see in today's gospel really this beginning of Jesus' ministry, kind of Really, this is a, 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 the turning point from that baptism forward of what's going to begin. And Jesus sets out to fulfill the Father's perfect plan and will for his life. That that, that has begun. That now is a time where th that will is being fulfilled. The ministry has begun of what he's going to do the next three years. And we read in the beginning of Matthew 4, chapter 15, uh, chapter 4, verse 15 through 16, and all Matthew is doing is quoting Isaiah, which we read just before in the Old Testament. And he's quoting Isaiah, and, and, he's, and he's reminding us of a prophetic word that was given. And the prophetic word was this from Isaiah, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people, now listen up, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. That the light has come. That light has dawned. This prophetic word that was given. We see John the Baptist has, has fulfilled the will of the Father and the purpose as the, as the forerunner to go and, and tell people to prepare the way. And he's fulfilled that. And now this prophetic word from Isaiah some 600 plus years earlier is being fulfilled. That that, that light is upon us and that, that, that light has dawned. And, and we see this picture. And in verse 17 it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message didn't change when Jesus was on the scene. That that message continued from John's ministry, and that message continues today. And we see that as Jesus leaves Nazareth, and now he's, he's setting up HQ, he's setting up a headquarters in Capernaum around the Sea of Galilee, and, and many are going to go with the patriarch and head to Israel, and they're going to go to the Sea of Galilee and to that area and, and, and be right in that same spot. And, and what's amazing is Jesus leaves there for a specific reason, that, that he didn't stumble into the next place that God called him. It was intentional. He knew the Father's will. And it was part of the plan. It was, it was part of leaving a predominantly Jewish area to go to an area where, remember, on the other side of the sea is the Gentiles. And now, because of Capernaum, because of the Sea of Galilee, because of the trade and, and where it was located, people would pass through there. And he knew that it would be a great place to establish his headquarters or the beginning of his ministry and to begin to draw those who were right from that place to himself for ministry. And, and I believe prophetically that we as a church in New York 
just like the Sea of Galilee, just like Capernaum, that God's called us to this place for such a time as this, as many will gather from every nation and every tongue and every tribe and will pass through our lives. That as, as there, that where else could you go where you could meet so many people from so many different places? I believe that's why he established us as the charismatic Episcopal Church and he's made this the point place. Because there's something that God wants to do in this great city of New York. And there's something he wants to do with us in this city. And that this would become the new Capernaum. I don't think the Hudson is the Sea of Galilee, by the way. I'm just... <laughs> we have to pick something else. But that gathering point, and, 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 and here Jesus comes to that place, and he begins his ministry by calling to himself those who are going to begin to lead in this movement of a new covenant. That, that John is the end of the old covenant, that that is, that is completed, and the new covenant is begun in Jesus. And the new covenant will be fulfilled in Jesus. And he's going to draw to himself those who will come to him. Because when you start a movement, it's not a movement unless you got people with you. Amen? Amen. You're just someone out wandering around. <laughs> I'm in a movement. No, you're not. There's no one with you. But this movement is about to begin. And this new covenant is being fulfilled. And he's calling them to himself. And, 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 and it begins in this place. And... We read in Matthew 4, 18 through 20, and, and it, it's interesting, depends on how you look at this text, how you read it, because it says, and Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, like, like he stumbled upon them, like by accident. He knew what he was doing. They didn't know what he was about to do, but he knew what he was doing. And he comes through that place, and, and they're doing what they do. And, and Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother. They're, they're casting a net into the sea, for they were what? Fishermen. Then he, he makes this profound statement to them, this, this long, drawn-out request he puts before them. He turns to them, and he says two words. He says, follow me. Not difficult, not hard to understand. Two words. Follow me. It comes with a caveat. The caveat is this. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It goes on in verse 20. They immediately let their nets and, and followed him. And then going from there, he saw two more brothers. It was James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and the boat. And Zebedee, their father, they were mending their nets. And he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Jesus calls these two sets of brothers, three of which would be incredibly close to him, Peter, James, and John. And, and he calls them together, these sets of brothers, and he, and he asks them that question, follow me. And he tells them, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus offers this radical invitation for them to become, uh, these, for these four fishermen. And the reason that it's a radical invitation is because a rabbi wouldn't call a student to follow them. The student would always seek the teacher. But here you have the teacher who's seeking the student. And he's calling them to himself. And when Jesus says, follow me, it's intentional. Jesus is always pursuing us because he loves us. It's intentional. Jesus always invites us into a relationship with him first. 
We don't mistakenly stumble into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That he's pursued us and that he loves us and, and that he's first loved us. And it's Jesus who makes the invitation to come. It's Jesus who says, come, follow me. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come, what? To seek and save that which was lost. That Jesus is on mission. That Jesus gives this invitation to follow him. And it's an invitation that will disrupt your plans. When, when Peter and Andrew, James and John went fishing that day, they had no idea what was going to happen next. They had no idea. When, when, when Jesus invites us into that place and he pursues us and he loves us and he makes this invitation to us and he says, come follow me. When he makes that request, what I can tell you is that your plans will get interrupted. I'm so grateful that Jesus came into my life so many years ago and disrupted my plans. And I call it a holy disruption. I already knew chaotic disruption. That came easy. But this was a holy intervention, a holy moment. And that, that he called the disciples to himself, just like he calls us to this, to, to this relationship with him. And, and, and the scripture says that the disciples immediately, immediately left. Immediately they responded to come follow. Immediately that they did it. Immediately not only did, did, did they leave, but uh, they split on their dad and dropped the nets and headed out. Because there was something in that call when he drew them to himself. And when Jesus says, come follow me, the literal translation means come after me. Come after me. It's not a suggestion. He's not saying, listen, follow me. And we respond, I'll pray about it. <laughs> Jesus, I need a minute. Can I get back to you next week on that request? But we do. Because he's pursuing us. And he loves us. And he asked that simple question, follow me. And we have to respond. And to follow him, to align our lives, to come after him. It's not a suggestion, it's actually a mandate. Jesus makes an invitation and how we respond is critical. Following the call that Jesus makes will cause us to come to this interruption. And that interruption is going to be this. You've got to surrender, you've got to sacrifice, and then you've got to be steadfast. Because it, it's going to come in a moment where Jesus is, is working in our lives and there's going to be something that we have to let go of. Why did Scripture tell us they laid down their nets? And we could ask that question, what am I holding on to? What am I unwilling to lay down? Because I can't follow him if I'm holding on to those things. What is it I've got to lay down? What is the nets in my life? What is the thing in my life? If I just let go, I could follow him. But not just follow him, but it says that he has a plan, and that plan's to make me a fisher of men, that there's something more he's going to want to do in my life when I surrender. But it starts with that letting down, laying down, surrendering, and then there'll be a sacrifice to trusting him and where he's leading and where he's calling, and then we remain steadfast in that very relationship with who he is. Often I'm asked to pray with people in the church to determine this big question. 
and they'll say, can I, can I meet with you? Can I, 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 I have a question. I need you to pray with me. And I, and I know what they're going to ask before they ask me to pray with them. And the big question is always this. What is God's will for my life? And my response is always this. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm sure he's going to tell you. But I think in this text today, it kind of begins to set us in motion to understand his plan or his will. That we would, we would have a greater understanding of what that might be. See, the truth is, Jesus lays out this clear understanding of what his will for our life is and what it means to follow him. He said, if you follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. That's his plan. That there's people in darkness and we're to bring light. That there's those who are lost that need to be saved. See, the Lord's will for our life starts in that relationship with him and how we respond when he says, follow me. His desire for us is so much greater that, that we're not called to be these spectators of the kingdom, but we're called to be these participators in his holy, mighty kingdom work. And somewhere along the way, we've got confused by that. And I don't know if we've gotten confused uh, as people who are used to being entertained and, and, and we want to be in that place and that we just come to, to be spectators. But Jesus didn't say, call his disciples to himself and say, all right, you guys just follow me around a lot and watch what I do. And then left. Of course not. But as he called those to follow him, as he called his apostles and his disciples, that they followed him, that they weren't going to be spectators, but they were going to not only be participators, but they were going to continue to participate until he returns again. That they had a role and a place and his will would be fulfilled through their lives as they got to participate. Like I don't know, every now and then I think about this and I, I go... Jesus not only invited me into this relationship, not only gave up his life so I can have an eternal life with him, but then calls me to himself. And he says, come. But when he says, come, not to be a bystander, but one who's going to have an opportunity to participate in the very ministry that he did, in the very work that he did, that I get to be part of that, that I get to be a blip in history that somehow, some way, that I participate in the building of his kingdom. See, when you look at an eternal life, it's just a blip. But we get to be part of that blip. And he calls us to participate in that work. And it goes on in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And it says this, And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Matthew gives us, I believe, this outline. He's, he's concluding what's just taken place by calling these disciples to himself. And in this conclusion of what he's telling us is this is what happened next. This is what it looked like after he called them to himself, that they went out to that place, and, 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 and as they went out to the synagogues and taught, and then there was healing of all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He's giving us this outline. And I believe that outline of the Lord that we're given is, is to show us his will and his plan and showing us what it means to be called to follow him and what it means to be that fisher of men. And when we look at that outline in verse 23, it says, He went about. 
It didn't say Jesus set up headquarters in Capernaum at Galilee and he made the disciples go out, find all the people and bring them back. It says that he went about because the ministry of Jesus Christ is about going about. Is where we go. Is that we're called beyond the four walls of the church to go out. That we too are to go about. Then this great city that we live, that we're to go about throughout Long Island, our villages, our towns, into Queens and into Brooklyn and Staten Island and the Bronx and Manhattan. He wants us to go about. To go about and, and, and be on our way as we follow him to be those fishers of men. And he went about. Next thing he did was he was teaching in the synagogues. And when he was teaching in the synagogues, what he was doing is he was making disciples of men. That, that he was teaching them the truth of the faith. And he was making disciples as he taught and as they gathered around him. The third thing he did was he preached the gospel. And wherever he went, he preached the gospel. And when he was preaching the gospel, he was sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. And he was calling others to himself to follow him. The fourth thing, he was healing all kinds of sickness and disease. And the way that that happens is through prayer. And the way that we participate in that is by praying for one another. Laying hands on one another. That, that this was expected. And, you know... Being a senior pastor and, and knowing the needs of your congregation and trying to figure out programs and ministries and all the things that we can do and, and, and how can we reach the lost and how can we make disciples and how do we continue to evangelize and how do we continue to do the very work that Jesus called us to do in this place and, and, and you're constantly looking at the things that how can we be more effective, how, how can more participate in doing those things and I don't read any of those plans in the scriptures. What I read is they went about, they taught synagogues, preached the gospel, healed all kinds of sickness and disease. That was the plan that Jesus had. And that that plan would continue and that we would be the ones who participate in that plan. And Jesus makes an invitation. He says, follow me. And if you follow me, I have a purpose and a will for your life to be fulfilled. If you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. If you follow me, you'll live beyond what you can ever imagine what I can do in your life, exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask or imagine of what he'll do. But the question is, how do we respond? The question is, will I allow a holy interruption in my life today? See, what I want you to see when you leave this place and go out, that, that, that you get stopped everywhere you go, just like I do. And what I mean by that is like, Lord, I don't need another interruption. I'm just getting coffee. And what's worse is I'm running late. And now you're doing this, Lord? But that's what he called us, to go about and to go into those places and to be prepared for that, for those interruptions, just as he came. And we're willing to lay down our net and begin to follow after him and what that looks like. And, 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 and he has these holy encounters that he wants us to participate. And the only way that we can participate is by what we'll lay down. And allow to become that fisher of men and what he wants to do. And I, and I pray as you go forth today and go into diners and meet with family and, and sit around meals and encounter your neighbors and encounter those on the street and wherever you're heading, that Jesus will make a way because you're following him to build his kingdom by being fishers of men. That we get to participate, that we're not going to be the spectators, but we will be the participators of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. 
he makes this invitation to follow him. And it's his will so that we would be the very reflection of who he is. That when we go, it's his will of Christ in us. That we were formed and made in the image of who he is. And what I can promise you is that, that God don't make junk. <coughs> but he's made you in his image and to be that reflection into others. And no matter how dim we might feel that light is, it's bright in the midst of darkness. And now we're called to bring that light. We're called to be that light. That Jesus is calling us to be part of his search and rescue mission. And that there's all of those around us that are in that place. But Isaiah gave that prophetic word that the light has come. And the light has come into our lives in that way. And we're called to participate in that way. And we want to welcome as Jesus invites us in for that holy interruption, that daily we would be participators in his kingdom work on earth. Jesus just asked that question. That question continues to get asked today. So may we respond in that way the disciples did. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, for many of us, there came a moment in our lives where, where we did, we had to lay down our nets, so whatever that might have been to follow you. And I'm so glad for that interruption. I'm so glad that you pursued after me and that, Lord, your love for us is greater than we can understand and that, Lord, you never gave up on us and that your love is steadfast and it continues. And if you're here this morning and you don't know that love, what I can tell you this morning is Jesus loves you more than you could ever understand. And he makes an invitation for you to come. Follow me. Because he loves you. He wants you to participate in his kingdom work for your life. Because he loves you, he gave up his life so that we can have an eternal life. It's by grace through faith that, that we come to this gift that he gives us. Recognizing who he is and what he's done. And then to be drawn into that relationship with him. And Jesus might be calling you this morning, but we have to be willing to allow that holy interruption to come. It starts with that surrendering and knowing from there forward his plan could be fulfilled, that you could know God's will for your life. And if you're here this morning and you haven't asked him in your life that way, I just want to pray with you that you would know him in that way and that you would become his follower and that you would become that fisher of men and see what he wants to accomplish in your life. And if you'd like to pray with me to know him in that way, I just ask that you raise your hand right now and we just pray together. Well, Father, I thank you that you continually pursue after us and you love us. So, Lord, if we responded to follow you, help us be those fisher of men. Help us be those who will lay down their nets for the greater thing that you want to do. And we ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to continue to worship the Lord and taking up our offering. So let's walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as a sacrifice for us all.